the church at this time, I looked into some um, history to give me a background of what God's people were experiencing in in Colossae. And uh, it says here that the church was under, under siege with false accusations. The Roman kingdom was in power, and Nero, if you know anything about him, was the emperor. He announced Christianity as a cult religion because they didn't worship the Roman gods. It was a cult. And banned it from Roman life. So any practicing Christian was in danger of persecution and possibly death. Here's some of the things that he, he, he uh, did to Christian people. He would cover God's people with blood and skins of beasts. Believers were torn apart by dogs and wild animals. So we cover them with blood and, and skins and let the wild animals come and attack them. And he would do it in an arena where people would watch and cheer. He, uh, some were nailed to the cross on crosses or were burned alive as human torch. So they give light to people as they walked in the dark. So that was their torch. How would you feel living in this time? What would be your fears? This was the world that these first Christians in Colossae received the letter from Paul. The unique thing about Colossians, I found out, is that it was was a place, it was only about two places Paul never really visited or established. So he was probably in prison about 60 AD, 62, and he was writing to people that he never met. Then, so what did he want them to know? Paul offered prayers for the church. How much encouragement they must have felt to know that Paul, the apostle, was praying for them. Colossae was not a big city. It wasn't like New York, you know? It wasn't Paris. It wasn't the place that, 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 that the stars and the celebrities or fashion or influence came from. It was a little tiny place little tiny place that no one really heard of and was, was insignificant. And to get a letter from Paul, how much that might have, must have been encouraging to them. So what is in Paul's letter? The first thing he says is that uh, since the day we heard about you, we have continued praying for you, asking God that you will know fully what he wants. So the first thing Paul let them know is that I'm praying for you. I heard about your salvation. I heard about your faith. I heard about the good works you're doing. He also heard about the persecution and knew about it and knew the dangers that they face. If they did their, if, if they were found openly uh, confessing or doing their faith, he said, I heard about it and I'm praying for you. And what did he pray? That they may know God's will. I, um, when I was, I'm retired now, and in my first years of teaching in the, in the mid-80s, the late-80s, uh, one of the uh, teachers, we were in the cafeteria, and when he found out that I was a Christian, he was really um, wanting to do battle with me. And he was new. I was there for about a year or two. And even the... Um, the Jewish teachers that were there, they couldn't wait. 
because they said, I knew you were going to get them back. See, like that, you know. <laughs> and one thing he said, he said, I said, what do you have against Christianity? He said, because you're so arrogant. You really believe that you know God, this personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I thought, man, I said, you know what? I can understand that. That is kind of arrogant to say that I know God. But you know, it's even, even uh, more, um, more, even more than that is that God knows me. You know, and he knows me. He knows everything about me and he still loves me. That's the wild part. That's the part that I was like, if I was in his, if I was in your shoes, that's the part that I would say, I can't accept Christianity. Because how can God love me knowing everything about me? You know, and we had a really good talk. But it said, know the will of God. What is God's will? Don't we always ask that? If what we're doing is, is it God's will? Decisions we're making? And, and it goes to the very basics. Do it, is God will, is God really concerned about me deciding this morning when I say what I'm going to wear today? Am I going to wear the brown blazer or the blue blazer? Do I need to pray about that? And, and, and you know, is that God's will? Or is God will deeper about, uh, what job I'm supposed to go to? When I was supposed to retire? What, uh, who, the relationships that I'm, I'm involved in? What is God's will? What is God's will? And Paul is saying to them that he's praying that they may know the will of God. Uh, my church, Second Presbyterian, we just sold our building. And so we are a church without walls. You can pray for us because we are. And we, since COVID, our numbers just really shrank to about 15 people, which about seven of them are showing up. <laughs> so we go to the um, once a month, we go to a local uh, restaurant that has a private room. And we have our worship service there on Wednesdays, once a month. And we're hoping to do small groups to establish that up. Our pastor just retired. And so I'm taking more of a role until we decide what to do next. Hopefully next six months we can make some decisions. But when we were in our building years back, we, I was uh, Sunday school for, the, for middle school, high school kids. Small group. But at this particular Sunday, one child showed up. You know, and I was like, well, since we have Sunday school at the same time as church, there's one child and four Sunday school teachers. They don't need me, but it was my kid. So I figured, I, I got to stay, you know. And so I reluctantly stay, and we open and start this, this prayer. And the child, the girl said, can I ask a question? We said, yeah, what? How do you know God's will? We was like, whoa, <laughs> you know. And she was going to high school. She was very intelligent, smart little girl. And she was, she had three offers to private schools. And they were from Colorado, New Jersey, all over the place. And she said, how do I know if I'm picking the right one? And we all begin to share how we, uh, determine what is God's will. Some people were prayer, well, all of us were prayer. Some was talking to other people and getting from, from people that we really trust who were like, you know, really uh, grounded in the faith and sharing with them. Others were the word of God, searching the scriptures and getting uh, just a confirmation from scripture about what God wants for us. And all of us, all of us, was that we asked for prayer. How do you know God's will? Paul said, I'm praying for you, that you may know what God's will is, that you may be able to make good choices, you know, and the best choices.
Because sometimes there's really good choices out there. It's not like it's a bad one and a good one. That's easy, you know. But there might be two good choices. She had three or four good choices. How do I know which one is? And it was just trusting. After you do the process, trusting. That was probably the best Sunday school class I ever had attended to as a student and as a teacher. Because we just shared and prayed for her, and we were just so encouraged. And when she left, we all just smiled at each other and said, wow, <laughs> you know. Um, so Paul was saying, who's praying for you? That's my question. And who are you praying for? So you may help people determine what is God's will for you personally and for this church. What is God's will? So the church operates, uh, so we need to pray for one another. The second thing is the church operates in wisdom and spiritual things, spiritual places. The contrast of living under Nero for these Christian folks, the reign as compared to living kingdom living. Nero is crazy, okay? He's ruthless. He's a murderer. Fear, persecution, and death under Nero. What stress. But the church can live above the chaos and death because God's people are praying. So whatever you're facing as an individual at the church, you can live above that because people are praying for you. You're praying for one another, and people outside of here are praying for you. So the third thing is the results. What is the result of knowing God's will, being known by God, uh, seeking what he wants for you, praying for one another, and living above the chaos? It doesn't mean the chaos doesn't exist. But we find a way, because of our faith, to live above the chaos, to live above the pressure and the stress, to live above the unknown. We find that because we're a community. So what happens in the community? We grow and we bear fruit and every, every good fruit in spite of the hostile environment around us. Notice Paul didn't say we increase the numbers. He didn't say you got a whole bunch of people now that are flocking to you. But it's the quality of our relationships that deepens because of who we are and what we believe and what we do. The quality of our relationships deepens. So it's not the numbers, although we do pray for numbers. We do want people to get involved with this community. Okay? We do want to figure out how to invite people and how to get people, more people in here. But it really is, they'll, they'll, they'll stay because of the community that is here, because of the love and because the spirit is here and the gifts of the spirit will be displayed here. Uh, we're a small congregation now, 15, we used to be 120, you know, and then after COVID was 60, then, and then during COVID was 60, and then after COVID just dwindled down, people passed away, people went, other churches, people just, they're so used to now not being there that they just don't come anymore. And but we're praying that God will begin to revive us and give us something that we can uh give to the world. And that's our relationships. You know, I'm encouraged and I'll encourage you with this, uh, that there's a young couple, the three uh young adults between twenty two to thirty, 
that have said to us, I want to be a member of the church. How does that happen? They went through the membership class with the pastor and I. And then I was in um, one of my, I, was, I, went, I went to the Mazda dealer. And I was, I was standing in line. I heard, Mr. Bagby. And I said, oh, my goodness. I turned around. I said, Roberto. He said, you remember me? I said, we always remember the bad kids. <laughs> <laughs> always like that. He said, oh, I'm not bad anymore. I said, I'm sure you're not. You work at it like that. And we were just talking and sharing. I gave him my number. I said, I get a lot of calls, a lot of people. If you initiate, I'll call you back and, you know, but it's up to you. And he did. And then uh, we had a great conversation. I met his, his uh, partner. His, his, he's not married, but they have three kids. They've been together for a long, long time. And we were sharing about his life. And I shared, and he said, what's you doing? I shared about the church. And he said, do you want us to get involved with this? I was like, whoa. Yo, of course I do. You know, I didn't know what this Of course I do. And I said, what would that mean? I said, well, we're going to start something once a month to get involved with a small group. That's, that's the, the, the basics, the entry levels thing. And he said, we could do that. He said, I've been really praying for something for my kids and for myself, for more spiritual. I said, we're a small group. He said, that's great too. They come every Wednesday, once a month, you know, and the kids are just exciting. So they bring life. And the, and the three, two of the three are young adults are there all the time. So God is doing something in our little group. And that's what I'm saying. God will, God will help you to bear fruit. And God will the spiritual, your know, spiritual places. So that's what we do. To end with, what is God doing? That's what, so we're doing those things. We're seeking God's will. We're, we're developing our community together. And we're growing and bearing fruit in a hostile situation. So 9 through 10, what is God doing? Uh, 11 through 13, God gives insight, gives insight into what God is doing. God is not passive. In this passage, God is at work. God will strengthen you with his great power so that you will not give up when trouble comes. All right? That's what God is doing. He's giving you strength. Nero is still in power. He's the emperor, and he's mean as they come. But God is our strength and helper in times of need. God has prepared and enabled us to share in God's kingdom of light. It may be dark all around you, but light is in front of you. Light is hope. That means we are not alone. We have each other, but we also have the Holy Spirit. And God has freed us from the power of darkness. Nero is like a lion with no, no teeth and no claws, okay? The persecution is real. Death may come. But we have no fear. And what else is God doing? Lastly, because God has already brought us into the kingdom, the reign, the power, the rule of Jesus, his dear son. We are forgiven. So we're free. To do what? To find out what God's will is. To live in community. To put up with one another. You know, all right? We're free to do that. To be humble and ask for prayer. We're free. So we have our part that we do by God's grace, but God is actively involved with us no matter who we are and where we are. So what are takeaways? Who is on your prayer list? 
who are you praying for? To ask someone to pray for you, and who's praying for you? To ask someone to pray for you is a step of humility. We have to confess that something ain't right, right? It's our health, our jobs, our finances, our family, our relationships. There's something that's not where it should be. And so we humbly ask for prayer, believing and have hope that God is active. And we don't allow what we see and what seems to be certain certain define our spiritual existence. Let's open our spiritual eyes and hearts to what God is doing. And then lastly, it's not in numbers nor in human strength, but in the quality of the community of faith and nurture of one another that brings forth life, hope, and love. May God bless this community. May God continue to do some good things here. All right? And, and may you rejoice in that and just get people to pray for you. All right? Amen.